0: Let's talk about it. (laughs) The big day. You're settling down, getting hitched, tying the knot. Marriage. For single people, it's the new frontier. Think what you will about marriage and its place in our internet age, but there is something special. Something different when you stand in front of your friends and family and say those two magical words. Hi, I'm Dr. Breakfast, and on this episode, we say I do, as we explore three generations of married life from the perspective of one family. From children, to parents, to grandparents, to great-grandparents, we explore the evolution and differences of these special unions. I thank you for listening. Please sit back and relax because it's the 10th episode and this is the Dr. Breakfast Podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just another podcast from your boy. Doc B, watching news, doing interviews. Saying what you choose, then you never lose Can't sleep or even try to snooze, uh Just listen to the king of the blues Let your mind, yeah, take a little cruise Big belly and a broad ass About to kill it with this podcast With this, with this podcast With this, with this, with this this podcast with this, with this podcast
1: with this with this with this podcast I name Stevens Keep Keep down the volume just a little
2: Stevens keep your favorite?
1: No, he's not my favorite.
2: Who's your favorite NPR personality? Um, Terry Gross, you're kind of a Terry Gross fan. No. no, you like wait, wait, don't tell me.
1: I do like that guy. Um, What's his name?
2: Peter Peter Sagal, Sagal. yeah He's a little little too game show hosty for me I like when he says, well done (laughs) It's like, I wish I had him in my life Be like, well done
0: The first married couple I talked to Is my wife's sister, Alex Roth And her husband, Michael They got married over two years ago And have a son who's a little over a year and a half In fact, he was born on the same day I released my first album, The Brunch Life EP So I asked them how they met and what made them decide to get married.
2: Well, we met for the first time um, about 10 years ago at a function that our fathers were throwing. Our dads are golf buddies and they used to do a golf competition thing um, that's like the Ryder Cup. It's based on the Ryder Cup, which is famous. I don't know anything about it as a non-golfer, but anyway, they threw a a pre-tournament dinner and I was back from New York and Michael was back from Chicago and we met then and I found him to be very cute and he says he remembers me but I don't believe it. Unbelievable.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, This is going to be an interesting interview already, Danny, I can tell you. Um, no, yeah, so it's 2006. So we had that dinner and we kind of hit it off. Um, it was one of those things where uh, we, you know, we live in worlds apart at that time. Uh, I think we were both dating other people at that time as well. Um, but then I moved back to town in 2011, and actually was playing golf with my dad and Gordy, her dad, um, and I remember asking about Alex. I said, you know, was, Gordy, how's your, how's your daughter Alex doing these days? And and he said, oh, she's doing well. She's uh, finishing up law school here in Lincoln. And so I, I, it was at that point I realized that she was actually in town, not in New York. I just kind of assumed she was still in New York, so... Looked her up at that point, and uh, we started playing Words with Friends online. Uh, it was a really advanced dating and courting strategy, <laughs> you know. Tipped <laughs> all you yeah, single t- people. T- exactly out. right. So uh, we did that, and uh, eventually went out on a date after it was a prolonged, protracted time. Um,
2: yeah, months.
1: Yeah. Months
2: of Words with Friends playing, and then we finally went out.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think Alex was actually interested. So
3: I was. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, obviously. What made you decide to get actually married to get hitched? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I I didn't I didn't see me myself being with anyone else. You know, I like I mean, the dating world is kind of one of those things where there's always that like the possibility of other people. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, I didn't really want anyone else, and mm-hmm. I kind of also. Wanted. Um, I wanted a future that was a little bit more secure. Do you have a different answer?
2: Yeah. No. It I, early on in in um, our relationship, it felt like I felt very secure and like I wanted you in my life, and I wanted you in my life forever. What struck me when we did get married was how immediately that felt like. This man is my family now, and that felt like a really important distinction than just dating. It felt significant that um, that we could call each other family now, and, and we would um, always be kind of in this together.
0: Next, we have Alex and Meg's parents, Joanne and Gordon Kissel, explaining what made them want to get married. They are retiring this year and have been together for over 40 years.
3: Well, you know, I think part of it was that our... uh, My friends were all young and not getting married yet, but his friends, you know, were all... grad You know, they have just graduated from college, and one by one, they were all getting married. So, to him, he was this is just what happens next. And he had to kind of talk me into it because clearly that was yeah. not exactly what was on my mind at the age of 19. Um, so, yeah, why do you think we got married? Then? I think
4: just, just that. It was socially acceptable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but how have the two of you evolved as people in careers? I know you kind of have an interesting story about how you supported each other while the other one got a degree, mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, I think that's the good thing about getting married young is you really are still just kids trying to figure things out, and um, between the two of us, we we figured out the other day that we have um, supported each other through five degrees, um, you know, two bachelor's degrees and three uh, master's degrees between the two of us. and. Um, we just always, from the very beginning, sort of understood that we're gonna have to, one of us is gonna have to work and support if the other one's gonna be in school. And we ended up doing that for a good mm-hmm. 10 years until you know our first, ch- our first child was born when, when we'd been married um, nine, years. nine years. And our second child was born, I was still in graduate school uh, when Meg was born. Um, so really that policy or or whatever it was worked for a very long time for us. Yeah. And I think it, it was really a good way to start a marriage because then we didn't get locked into you're the breadwinner or I'm the child raiser or I'm the one who cleans the house or cooks. Mm-hmm. And we've um, certainly never been traditional about that. No. gordon been-
4: We, we uh, uh- Whenever we had to get the house cleaned or do the dishes or uh any of those chores we we, we uh, would do uh, rock paper scissors because <laughs> <laughs> neither one of us wanted to do it <laughs> and we do rock paper scissors and it would be the one one rock paper scissors it wouldn't be two out of three <laughs> well, we tried that but we realized that didn't serve i'll better. have to
3: tell meg about that <laughs> yeah. I'll have to remember.
0: now we will hear from wallace gaykey Joanne's father, and Megan Alex's grandfather, who recently lost his wife Mary of 70 years. It was very moving to hear Wallace recall proposing to his wife many years ago before being shipped overseas for the Army.
5: It was before I went overseas that I decided to propose to Mary, so I called her on the phone from utah before i had to report to seattle and uh told her i wanted her to be my wife but i said i'm going overseas but you'll wait for me and we'll get married and get b- come back and she agreed you know and uh so i bought her ring in a jewelry store in salt lake city mm-hmm. and ha- i had it mailed uh, to her, it's kind of funny the uh, the mailman, their regular mailman. They call him Rufus. <laughs> I don't know if that's his name or not. They uh, he had it to delivered to where she lived on Sherman Street in Collegeville, but he saw that where it was. It was from a jewelry store, and he guessed what it might be. I guess, and so he took it to the grocery store where she was working uh, weekends and part-time or something um, and uh, he took it straight to her where she was working mm-hmm. and she was quite impressed with that I guess she told <laughs> me I
3: want a Sunday kind of love I love to land It's more than love at first sight and I want a Sunday ca- The
0: next question I asked was about raising children. I wanted to get a perspective of someone who currently has a toddler, someone who has grown-up children, and someone who has great-grandchildren.
3: So, um, but how did it change our marriage? Uh, it was, I think it was a, that first really big bump in the road because you can shun um gender stereotypes pretty easily when you're just young kids in college taking turns living simply you know we didn't own a house at that point we didn't um you know we owned one co- car and shared it and you know no- nothing was difficult and suddenly we it had got a child
4: difficult.
3: It, got difficult. it got very difficult and or you know what i mean challenging not difficult might be too strong a term um and you had to do things that you didn't want to do at the given moment. I mean, Gordon described how we would, would sort of laughingly um, make decisions so that we didn't target ourselves in certain gender roles, but once you have a kid, okay. the roles really start to click in. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, who's gonna get up in the middle of the night when neither one of you want to? You're not gonna do rock, scissors, and paper in the middle of the night. Yeah. And who stays home when the kid is sick? And why is it that you <clears throat> watch football all weekend and, you know, this is our time with our daughter or our kids to do things. So, yeah, things got much more, I would say, stressful after that. Would yes, you agree? they did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, is it is it worth it having two kids? I mean, all that work uh, as someone absolutely. who doesn't have a kid.
4: Um, um, is it is it worth it? Absolutely. I, I've always said that, um, whatever the stage that the kid is going through, is great, mm-hmm. and you can you can naysay it all you want, but the fact of the matter is they all have their challenges at the different stages, but um, it's it's more than worth it.
1: After Milo's and this has been such a crazy whirlwind of just survival <laughs> and and or pouring your energy into raising a child that I think that that sometimes um things get a little lost in that realm too we don't we don't get to spend as much time together as we'd like and we do cherish those times when you can I mean there's like a few hours in the day where Milo is asleep and we can actually like spend time together and and sometimes it's we're just like watching, watching TV, and yeah. Netflix,
2: and falling asleep. Yeah,
1: and it, and it's but you know whereas we used to have all this abundance of time that first year of marriage, and and uh, so those things were were a little bit different than they are now. But I, I imagine that's going to kind of come back. I know,
2: you know. I feel like we're just kind of in the thick of it, and hopefully, there's. I feel like for both of us, the desire is there to still. <laughs> be people who can lift <laughs> each other up and help them. <laughs> encourage uh, them. Um, our energy might be going to the small person in our life at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: The first year of actual marriage was great, and we were able to work on things like that to make sure, you know, like, do you have enough time? Are you getting your time to go golf with the guys and whatever? Um, you were able to focus on that. And at the moment, neither of us are probably getting enough time to do those things. But I think, I don't know, we hear from other parents that that comes back before you know it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: And I wouldn't paint it and say, like, this year has been a bad year. It's not. It's yeah. just it's, the first year was, was really quite awesome. I mean, you had very little responsibilities, and so it's just all you know, happiness and run around and fun, lots of dates, lots of activities and, and, and things, a little bit more responsibility has changed that.
2: Yeah, we're just sacrificing the things that we need to enrich ourselves and it feels like that a lot, That goes more towards Milo, our son, than it does towards ourselves at the moment. But mm-hmm. I think we'll find our groove. Find I don't find know. balance, yeah, sure.
5: As kids are born and growing up, your life is all centered around your children. you do what they need, mm-hmm. and then if they're interested in doing something you're all for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like working just kind of like a marriage working mm-hmm. when you've got children they, uh, you want to have you want to keep your children happy and if, if they want certain kind of lessons, you're all for it uh, if you want uh, if you want them to. Uh, if they want to get into, you know, more reading, you take them to the library. You, you, you work, you center your lives around them. You really do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we've had great opportunity that Joanne lives right here in Lincoln that we've have been able to work with our grandchildren. And we just enjoyed taking them to all of their classes or uh, anything they're interested in, you know. Mm-hmm. It works out fine.
0: the Dr. Breakfast Podcast, we've finally reached episode 10, the marriage episode. And all these interviews and talks of weddings got me thinking about what my wedding would be like if I were born 120 years ago. If I lived where my great-grandparents had lived, I'd likely be on the border of Russia and Poland. A lot of Chagall paintings and high school productions of Fiddler on the Roof come to mind. All day long. But what were people really doing in that time and place? What was a shtetl wedding like? There's a play called The Dubik by S. Anski, written in 1913 through 1916. And Anski was an ethnographic expeditioner and went to do a shtetls in Poland and Russia. What resulted was a play that emphasized some of the shtetl Jews' more mystical rituals regarding marriage and the afterlife. That's right. This play is your typical love story about a daughter whose marriage is arranged by her father. A local boy, Kanan, who is below her station, is secretly in love and abruptly dies on the news of Leah's wedding announcement. Leah, the bride-to-be, is then possessed at her wedding by a dubek, a ghost or a demon, who is the spirit of the boy Kanan. She is sent to a famous rabbi, Azriel, who can help with these types of matters. He exorcises the dubek from Leah through a ceremony involving ram's horns and black candles. After the exorcism, the bride says, screw it, and joins the dubek, Canaan, in death, where they live happily ever after. Yep. Your typical love story. And strange as it may sound, some of the mystical wedding practices described in that play still exist today. For example, writing an engagement contract, using a wedding canopy, and of course, breaking the glass, are all things me and my wife did at our wedding. So think about it. What would your wedding be like if you were born when your great-grandparents were around? Do you think you'd have the same choices or the same traditions? Hmm. Maybe you'd even choose a Dybbuk. Wallace, tell us a little bit about your
5: parents. They, too, met in a country church. They went to the same church in Seward County, 25 miles west of Lincoln, and they met as young people in that church. And they got to know each other, and my dad was very proud when he got his first car.
0: What year was that?
5: Well, it, they got married in 1918, oh. so I don't know what year they actually met, mm-hmm. but it was before that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where they met. Mm-hmm. And my mother was in a family with uh, with seven kids, six brothers and sisters, and and as a girl, she helped her mom with a lot of the housework and uh, and light, lighter work than the, the boys. All worked in the field with their dad. Mm-hmm. They, they went to school, all of them went to school, only to the fifth grade. And their really? dad was very, he was very stern. He says, if they can mm-hmm. read and write, that's enough schooling. He says, then they got to work. Mm-hmm. And the fifth, so she went only to the fifth grade. And so did her brother's and sisters. So, um, so it was a lot of work. Now, I still think that maybe she got married early. She got married at age 18. Mm-hmm. And I think she got married to get away from a lot of that work at home. <laughs> I don't know. I never did ask her that. <laughs> but uh, she was born in 1900. And so it's always easy to figure her age. It was what the year was. And they got married in 1918.
0: So tell us, what was your parents' marriage like? Joanne and Gordon?
4: In my case, it was um, uh, it was a very traditional uh, marriage between my dad and my mom, and my mom would have to do all the work around the house, and um, I always thought that was a little degrading. I mean, I didn't consciously think, "Oh, I'm not going to do that," but I, um, when we got married, it was very um, helpful to have that and. I've kind of always operated uh, from a philosophy that however my dad did it, I wanted to do it differently.
3: Uh, yeah, my, well, both our mothers, I would say, were 1950s moms. You know, you'd stay at home, raise the kids, did all the um, cooking. Uh, I think both of our, well, my mom mom didn't even start driving until she my oldest sister was in hmm. middle school because the school was a little bit, Far, too far to walk, and mm-hmm. she, so she learned to drive in order to take my sister to school, mm-hmm. and your mother never learned to drive.
4: Never, never learned to drive. She uh, was learning when she got sick, um, and uh, she said to the uh, person that was helping her, um, they were out and about in a parking lot, and uh, the person said, well, you're going to have to learn how to get out of the parking lot, and then, and my mom's response was, oh, "On the road," <laughs> <laughs>
3: and that was the end of her
0: driving. Um, so, being married seventy years is a really long time um, for for someone who just got married this <laughs> year. Um, do you have any advice uh, for for people who are just getting married or maybe people listening who are about to get married um, for for newlyweds um, with all your experience of 70 years of, of marriage? Do you have any advice?
5: Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> they uh, do everything together. Okay. And uh, you have to make a decision on something. Get, get the opinion of both of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe one has to compromise a little bit, but do everything together and agree on it together. Mm-hmm. Don't let anything separate you—not any ideas or dreams or anything. Mm-hmm. The—it's uh, important that uh, that you, everything you do is agreeable to both.
4: How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me like
0: fellow. Yes, this is the Dr. Breakfast podcast. And I thank you all so much for participating and listening to this podcast. This is obviously a very special one to me. So if you like these podcasts, please listen, please share, please find my SoundCloud page. Doctor-Breakfast-Podcast Or just go on my website DrBreakfast.com And let people know about this This is the best way to get it out I really thank you This has been a great episode
2: Beautiful I've Sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said Tell me quick Ain't love a kick In the head